Yes, that is our opening theme song. More like a mystic fog that rolls in over the mountains, the Himalayas. With wisdom from above that we share with the world. But it's like throwing, what's that song? <laughs> what's that saying? Throwing pearls before swine. You got to watch what you say. Sometimes I have been telling and explaining and expounding with someone who just could not hear. And the word says, just dust your feet off and move on. It does. There are people out there who do not want to hear. I know about my audience, mystic guide here. You are those who are part of our theme for this time. If I be lifted up or when I be lifted up, I shall draw all mankind unto me who are seeking. And you are seeking. I can tell by the vibrations tonight. Something is awry. Something is trying to block the truth. But there are no obstacles to God. There are none. So whatever shenanigans the arch enemy is up to tonight, they won't work. They never do. He's been trying to stop God from ending the book, <laughs> closing the book, mess in this show, pull back the curtains and see what's really going on is a big old spiritual battle. Big spiritual battle. You can see and read about it on our motherload, themysticalvoyage.com. That is an island. It's a treasure island, I call it. And on that island, you will find everything you need to transform your life to levels that you've never been to before. I'm going to go over some levels that I found also in uh, a wonderful calendar this guy did privately. You know there's a pen you can use? Then he would sell these planners, right? A month planner. And then when you use it all up, what are you going to do? You got to go buy another month planner. Well, no, that's not how he did it. He made it so that you use this particular pen, and the name of the pen escapes me now, but you put it in a microwave for 30 seconds and all the ink disappears. <laughs> that would have been great back in high school. Anyway, so it's called the Law of Attraction Planner he has. And I'm not superstitious. I'll use that term, Law of Attraction even though it's just a rebranding of the law of believing, which is what we're talking about tonight, the law of believing. And there's a difference between faith and believing. And I'm not going to get into too much of the intricacies of that. It just will bog you down. I'm okay with saying the word faith when it's really believing. Believing is a mental thing. Faith is a spiritual thing. And you can also find our podcast, <laughs> Spuds, on Spotify, is uh, translating our broadcast.
broadcast as we speak. I'm going to take tonight's show. I'm going to do what we, me and my, my disciple tech, Robbie, thought about. They go on the dashboard there, just directly send it over there. <laughs> Why use three different legs to get the trip? Change, like, that's like getting on a bus, on a train, and then a plane. <laughs> that's what we have to do to get something over there. Well, I love you people. That's what counts, love. The end of all, love one another. For Christ died, you ought to love one another. Christ died so that you could unconditionally. You know what it says in the right opening bell of Ephesians. For God has chosen you from before the foundation of the world to be holy and without blame before him in love. So you're standing before God without any sense of shame, guilt, or regret. And yet I get people who try to make me feel like I should regret the way I'm going about doing things. I might be taking the wrong path. Better watch yourself. But in the end, he knew I would choose these choices. Does that work? And if there were consequences to them, I was already forgiven for them. So, let's move on. Tonight, faith versus Muhammad Ali. No. In the ring now, faith versus fear. Fear has a snare, it says in the Bible. Proverbs. Proverbs. I wrote it down. 29.25. The fear of man bringeth a snare, but whoso put his trust in the Lord shall be safe. Do you believe that? You should. Faith is really a it's our trust. I know there's a group that likes to replace the word faith with trust. I don't go that far. Trust is everything when it comes to God's word. And if you don't trust God's word, or if you don't even trust that it is God's word, you're probably not going to enjoy this show. But trust me, if you can at least picture in your mind a loving father, a loving God, and he wrote everything down so that you could understand, believe, and receive the spiritual things. Peter says, uh, for we have all received the spiritual blessings. Everything what we need, oh, yeah, yeah. Everything that we need that pertains to life and godliness. So there's people out there who say, "Well, there's things missing in the Bible." Well, if we received everything there is to know life and to life and godliness, what's missing? Well, he forgot the eternal life part. No, he didn't. Man, there's people say you can lose that eternal life. Now that try make sense out of that for me, somebody. How do you have eternal life one minute 
and not the next. There is no sense in that. God teaches us his word in such a way that can be logically understood. People don't think that God wanted us to logically put the word together and make it fit. I can't see any other way of doing it. Because if it doesn't fit logically, then only the women will believe it. <laughs> oh, I threw a left curve at you ladies. You just, you have a sense of humor. You still love me, right? So, is my segue. Why is faith and fear on opposition? Because one attracts and one repels. Man, I had to shut my air conditioner off and I'm already ready to just take the top off. Anyway, the faith versus fear has always been the battle of the mind the battle of the soul, the spiritual battle, always takes place in your mind. And the mind is constantly struggling to believe God's word or to doubt, worry, and fear. Doubt, worry, and fear. You know, I'm going to play this tonight. I didn't think about it. I may have already made it into a MP3. I'll, I, I can do things on the fly you, you can't imagine. Not as good as I used to. But I can put that together on the fly as I'm sitting here talking. Listening to Alan Watts, popular, well-known British philosopher back in the late 60s, early 70s, kind of the beatnik generation came out of that. He was a speaker with a well-commanding voice. I mean, whatever he said, oh, it would come to pass. <laughs> Just a commanding voice. So let me go down the list here. On the left, you have faith. Trust, faith, Believing issues in positive, believing positive results. If you have fear, worry, doubt, fear, issues in negative, believing negative results. If you have already something that you're afraid of or have a fear of, it's going to be a stumbling block when it comes time to manifesting or overcoming that fear. Now, we have fear for a reason, I understand. Fear of uh, being attacked by animals, we need that. Fear of hostile enemy under attack. There are innate things that we have, but then there are things... Oh, I know this woman married to a man who absolutely put the fear of every known thing 
called gaslighting. Narcissists do it all the time. Had her tricked into thinking and fearing everything. Pull the shades down. Close the door. Lock all the doors. Don't take that driveway. Don't take that path. Superstitiously. Now she has a, and that fear, that fear and flight that secretes the liquid from your pancreas, you know, because you get super energy out of your pancreas when it secretes that hormone. Not sure what it is right now. But it gives you extra strength to survive. So now she has to take, it was so long that she dealt with it, fear. Just a sweet woman. Didn't deserve that at all. And she still has issues with her pancreas and other health issues. Fear will deteriorate every part of your body if you let it. Stress is fear, in a way. Worry is fear. Worry, worry, worry. Brings me to... list that I used to keep. I used to call it my bugging me list. <laughs> bugging me. Oh, man, my list would start. I'd write a few things. You know why you write down a bugging me list? So if you write it down, it won't be bugging you. Oh, I got to pay this bill. I got to do that. I got to meet with so-and-so. That's going to be a lot of stress. This guy hasn't paid me rent in two months. Bugging me. So then over the cross to the side of what's bugging me, I would put a possible solution. I got that light on too bright. A possible solution. Maybe not it's the solution, but it's a possible one. Schuler always believed, Robert Schuler, in writing down 10 possibilities to achieve whatever it is your goal is. 10 possibilities, 10 ways that you can possibly get there. And it was a template that worked a lot, worked really well. He was a follower of Norman Vincent Peale, who wrote the book, The Power of Positive Thinking. And with your thinking equals believing. Gail Nightingale, Earl Nightingale said basically the same thing. You become what you think about. Well, if you're always worrying, chances are when you roll the dice, you're going to get 7 come 11. <laughs> Crap out. So the principle is it's an immutable law for unbeliever or believer alike. Your believing equals receiving. Then what you believe for, you first have to know three basic things. What's available, how to receive it, and what to do with it once you have it. Some people can believe and receive things and squander it. There's a different parables in the Bible about squanderers, what they did with what they received. So, on the other hand, if you put faith, trust in God, because there are things on that bugging me list, I have no way that I'm going to get that done. I don't have no clue. 
and it's been on there a while. Now, here's the kicker. At the bottom, I would write my blessings. God, family, health, Bible, scriptures, fellowship, friends. I would write all that down, the blessing in my life. So I'd go through the buggy me list about every three or four days. Man, I'd put it away for a couple weeks. I'd open it up, and lo and behold, about half of them were checked off. That's right. The worries just come and go. And that what you worry about, how many times have you rehearsed? I call it rehearsal. You're rehearsing. What's the future? What is it? The past? Reviewing. You're rehearsing and reviewing all the time. Well, I should have said that when I was in the office with the boss. Just trust God. Let him have the ball. He wants you to give it to him. He'll find it. He'll open the doors. And when you do find it, a door is closed, he'll open another one. I'm trying to get you to think that there's no obstacles, that we are a peculiar people. We are a sacred, peculiar people, it says in the scriptures. Because of the way we believe. We believe in an invisible creator. We can't see him. We can see his handiwork. And that's what we're supposed to also feel and manifest the evidence that he is real, who he says he is. Look at this definition here in Hebrews. This is something else. Now, faith is the substance. I'm talking Hebrews 11, 1 through 3, King James. Faith is the substance. And if I look up that word, I'll guarantee it's going to be something to do with energy, matter, something solid. Substance of things that hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Wow, that's what I just said. It's all around us. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. For by it, the elders obtained a good report. Through faith, we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God. So that things which are seen were not made of things which do appear. That's pretty heavy. That's enlightenment. That's enlightenment. While I'm sitting here on that verse, I'm going to get another version. Because it's always kind of enlightening, enhances, expands our mind, our consciousness, when we do that. And when we put in, a, oh my gosh, how many different versions do they have out there? I would say a large percentage of them pretty well just interpret the old Bible just any way they want to. But some of them really try really hard to give us a better understanding of the scriptures. So what you can do, you know, the old uh, concordance you used to have to go to all the time to find out where this verse was. Now you just go to Google. <laughs> Google, where does it say uh, 
There's a snare. Fear is a snare. You know what Job said? For that which I greatly feared has come upon me. That's a principle. That's an immutable law. That which you greatly fear will come upon you. That's not a superstition. That's an immutable law, whether you're a believer or an unbeliever. You focus on that fear. People, there have been people who have been so afraid of having a car accident, they don't even drive. They don't even get near a car, and lo and behold, they drive somewhere and get in an accident. It's that fear. They cannot get rid of it, can't conquer it, they obsess on it. Now I know we go through periods of insecurity, uncertainty. John Gray just completely obliterates the word anxiety. He said, we don't have anxiety, we have uncertainty. Now here is where we need to understand why do we have uncertainty? Why doesn't God just tell us? Why can't we just call a psychic hotline and they'd be accurate all the time? If we knew what was going to happen on the other side of that bridge, we would not need faith. God wants us to have faith, trust in him. If you were certain of everything in your life, you would not need faith. And faith is to be highly sought after. It's the bridge that gaps mankind to God. Jesus Christ was that faith, was the seed of faith. You know when it says that we were saved by, by grace, we were saved by faith. In Ephesians, saved by faith. Well, it wasn't your faith. That's where people get it wrong. Your faith couldn't save a mustard seed. It was the faith of Jesus Christ. And if you look at the scriptures accurately, it was his faith that was needed to perform those miracles, to believe and trust God. And God was the one performing the miracles through him. So he needed to have that faith inside spiritually, which he did after his water baptism, to manifest the miracles that he did. Got the revelation, got the word from God. Stop here. Go in that town. Go over to that, where that woman is. How about that funeral of Nain? That's an amazing scene. Amazing scene. I've got the music for it. I've got the trailer in my head. You see Jesus Christ and his disciples walking along the side of a hill. And this mother, I believe her child was about 20 or 18. And the funeral crowd walking the opposite direction. There it is. That's the mind picture. One side is all faith, trust, in God, God's word, living in Jesus Christ. He was the word in the flesh. And they're coming to a head. Boom, boom, boom. I got this song too. That's incredible. When I finally make that trailer, <laughs> it's two opposites coming toward 
each other. And which one wins? Faith takes that child, lifts him up, in the whatever he says, I don't remember, but it's the funeral of Nain, N-A-I-N. And that child immediately took breath and lived again. Imagine the joy in that city or that town village when that child was raised by the faith of Jesus Christ because he trusted God to deliver him. That he would do what he told him to do. There was a story about a man who Jesus healed from being born blind. I think that was prophesied if he were to heal. A man born blind, it was a sign he was the Messiah. If I don't get a pair of glasses on, we got to. Matthew 53. And it came to pass that when Jesus had finished these parables, you know what parables are? Parables are ways of describing things in such a way that the know-it-alls won't understand it. So, so that's just the way so he could stand up and look at all these fools standing around there. I'm talking about the theologian, the religious leaders. And his disciples were like, what does that mean, Lord? What does that mean? And he would sit down and explain it to them. And we got the inside story. Mm-hmm. I'll have to be dead three days and three nights. What? Some of them didn't quite get on to that fable. It came to pass that when Jesus had finished these parables, he departed. 54. And when he was come into his own country, his own growing, he grew up there. He taught them in their synagogue, insomuch that as they were astonished and said, Whence, we use that word anymore, whence has this man this wisdom? And these mighty works? Is not this the carpenter's son? You see, there's still telling that he's Joseph's son. You know, I've been told different stories. <laughs> not to go down another rabbit hole here. But I was told that uh, actually this particular carpenter was actually a major contractor. He didn't just put chairs together and tables and stuff. He was a major contractor. And he wasn't all that poor. That's what I was told. By a pretty good teacher. He researched it, found their dwellings and some of the things that he went through to discover that. It may be true. Just like some other things we take for granted in the Bible, like a manger being really crusty and not a good place to have birth. They kept those stables so clean. They, their animals were lived better than they did. They had to. They had to build and maintain their animals. That was their livelihood. So a manger was pretty well clean. 
So this carpenter's son, is not this mother, his mother called Mary? You know, she may have uh, been a little premature on that child. And his brother, James, Joseph, and Simon, and Judas. <laughs> I'll never forget this. The Catholics don't believe that Jesus Christ or Mary had any other children. That's right. Well, what does that verse say? And his brothers, <laughs> James, Joseph, or Jose, Simon, Judas, I think there was some others. I think he had seven total. The Catholic, I, I, I'm showing the guy the word right there, and he still wouldn't believe it. No, no, she didn't have any other children. You know, the Immaculate Conception wasn't having Jesus. It was her, it was her conception. Supposedly, she was conceived without sin, and she ascended into heaven without dying. <laughs> the Catholics believe that. And his sisters, oh, I knew there were some sisters. I, I knew there were some sisters and others in there. I just had to read on. Are they not all with us? So whence? Maybe I started using that word whence. Then has this man all these things. And they offered, or they offended in him. They were offended in Jesus Christ because he healed that blind man. But Jesus said unto them, A prophet is not without honor except in his own country and his own house. And he did not many mighty works there because of what? Their unbelief. Their unbelief. For in Jesus Christ, well, that's the next one, circumcision avails nothing. No, this is a good one. I'll get back after this brief moment where I'm going to share with you a verse that says, faith is activated by agape, by love. It's activated, energized, started, catalyst by love. And this is from Alice Coltrane. Oh, I've got the I've got the whole one over here. I found it. A woman helped me pray for it and believe for it, and I found it. When two people put their minds together, it's collective power. I mean, we were like a vortex. Energy just swooped down on us. I found it within 30 seconds of asking her to help me pray for it or believe for it. What a wonderful soundtrack. Love. Love is a sacred word. Love is the name of God. The entire universe is created with love, by love, and in love. Love is the beginning. Love is the continuation. Love's sake is 
selfless mind for the benefit of this man.
You are in tune to Enlightenment Radio, home of the ultimate knowledge of body, soul, and spirit, and unlimited music 24-7. Be sure and visit our website at enlightenment-radio.com. There you can journey through the mystical voyage and also view our schedule of programming. Thank you for listening.
He said there's no, when a question came up from, he has questioners in the audience. What is purpose of life? What is your, what is your purpose? Ah, oh, there is no purpose. What do you need a purpose for? I couldn't believe my ears. I could not believe my ears. What do you need a purpose for? Don't go around life trying to find a purpose. Trying a purpose for living. Trying to find a purpose for this. Wait a second. The Bible, the scriptures, are full of reasons of having been given a purpose, and some of these purposes, all of them have been given by God. So he's uh, wrestling with a big tiger there. He's like throwing an egg at a Sherman tank. He's not going to win that one. Uh-uh. Not with me. Not with a lot of millions of followers. Of Christian mystery followers, let's say. So I was going to share something with you. Let's see if this will play over the air. Okay? I couldn't uh, convert it. Sometimes we get lucky. And something will play over the air. Okay? Ravi, I'm going to open your uh, message. If you say it sounds weird or doesn't sound come over, let me know. But this is Alan Watts' version of About Worry. So then let's consider, first of all, what is a mind in the grip of vicious circles? Well, one of the most obvious instances that we all know is the phenomenon of worry. The doctor tells you that you have to have an operation. And that has been set up so that automatically everybody worries about it. But since worrying takes away your appetite and your sleep, it's not good for you. But you can't stop worrying and therefore you get additionally worried that you are worrying. And then, furthermore, because that is quite absurd and you're mad at yourself because you do it, you are worried because you worry because you worry. That is a vicious circle. So now, can you allow your mind to be quiet? Isn't it difficult? Because the mind seems to be like a monkey, jumping up and down and jabbering all the time. Once you've learned to think, you can't stop. And an enormous number of people devote their lives to keeping their minds busy and feel extremely uncomfortable with silence. When you're alone, Nobody's saying anything. There's nothing to do. There's this, this worry, this uh, lack of distraction. I'm left alone with myself. And I want to get away from myself. I'm always wanting to get away from myself. That's why I go to the movies. That's why I read mystery stories. That's why I go after to girls or anything that you do or get drunk or whatever. I don't want to be with myself. I feel queer. So, well, why do you want to run away from yourself? What's so bad about it? Why do you want to forget this? Why do you want to become yourself? Because you are addicted to thoughts. This is a drug. A little dangerous one. Compulsive thinking going on and on and on and on and on all the time. It's a habit. So the 
about stopping that activity. And you really have to stop it if you want to be sane. Because if I talk all the time, I don't hear what anyone else has to say. And I'll end up in the situation of having nothing to talk about but my own talking. Or so in exactly the same way, if I think all the time, I won't have anything to think about except thoughts. So in order to have something to think about, there are times when you simply must stop thinking. Well, how do you do that? The first rule is don't try to. Because if you do, you will be like someone trying to make rough water smooth with a flat iron. And all that will do will stir it up. So in the same way as a muddy, turbulent pool quiets itself when left alone, you have to know how to leave your mind alone. It will quiet itself. Well, that was pretty prophetic back to this time. I better cut it off because you know how to segue into the next one. Okay, Alan Watts. I have here, I wrote a screenplay about a faith healer named William Brandon. Why do they call them faith healers? Because God gives them, let's just distinguish right now what's going on with the manifestation of the gift of faith. It's a manifestation of the gift of Holy Spirit, one of the nine. It's called faith, but it's not your faith. What you've been given inside you, besides a lot of other power dynamos, you've been given the same faith as Jesus Christ. That's right. So when you are confronted with something that you cannot understand by your five senses or would not know how to overcome with your five senses, your spirit kicks in. It gives you the revelation, the knowledge, the wisdom, discerning of spirits. If, is there a spiritual cause or not? Whether to cast it out or not. Because if you try to cast it out and don't get to pass, to pass it, to, <laughs> to cast it out, you're going to get knocked down. Faith, miracles, and healing. The miracle is that it's instant. Healing can be a whole different ballgame. And it's a gift because it's a gift of that person. But the faith that you have inside you to accomplish the revelation that's been given you, you kick in the faith of Jesus Christ, it's done. Done deal. Well, William Branham was a man, a faith healer among faith healers. I ran across his story one time on the Internet. It was called A Man Sent from God. And it was done by a journalist. So my screenplay is similar. It's a journalist who sets out to disprove William Brennan. And it's not, it doesn't take him very long to see these miracles after a big tent meeting. Crutches laying there, wheelchairs folded up and no longer needed. People coming from miles and miles around. He was headquartered out of 
Missouri, Jeff, Jefferson, Missouri, I believe. And he was near the Ohio River, baptizing people down there. You might say he started in the church in the Wildwoods. William Brandon. By the time I was finished with that screenplay and research, his life, I was blown away. I've never read about a man who walked in two worlds at the same time. That's how it opens up. And it has a wonderful ending. And I'm thinking about turning it into a book, but I'm not anymore. I'm kind of done with books. Let's just make some movies. <laughs> make some movies, documentaries. So in my story of William Brennan, I created a faith diary that he kept. All the things, all the instances, all the miracles, all the experiences, all the people. Here's how he was different. He would be in a meeting and was told either before the meeting, during the meeting, sometime, the person's name and what they had before they came up to be healed. That's true. Documented. Hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people. Thousands maybe. I don't know. That had their own story and were sticking to it. They were healed. They knew their name and what was wrong with them before they got to the altar of this stage. So I created this faith diary. It, first of all, you're uh, looking at the other side to see if there was anything pertaining to it. It doesn't matter. Acknowledging the source of your healing is faith in God. You know a cut on your finger will heal, right? Why do you not know that, fill in the blank, why do you not know that this will heal? If you know, beyond a shot, you know that your finger is going to heal. Why don't you know that this organ is going to heal? Interesting, similar, similarities, same thing, same principles, cells reproduce and heal themselves. This is the work of God that you believe, the one whom God has commissioned us, his representative. That's you. Your faith should stand in the power of God. The previous verse I will give, John 6, 29. This is the work of God that you believe the one whom God has commissioned is his representative. That's Jesus speaking. Now this is from Galatians 5, 9. Faith should stand in the power of God. Faith is energized by agape, love. I told you, didn't I? Faith is energized by love. When I discovered that verse, I was just blown away. Galatians 5.9. Faith is a substance. I looked up substance a while ago. It's no enlightening term, like energy atomic, anything, cosmos. Faith is vibration energy. Faith is kind, comes from much prayer and fasting. Of, oh, faith of this kind comes from much prayer and fasting. That's the one uh, the disciples could not cast out the devil's spirit.
And he said, faith of this kind comes from much prayer and fasting. Faith of Christ, we are justified. Faith escalates from prophetic revealed knowledge about you. Faith comes into materialized when knowledge is understood, comes from the understanding. Faith comes out of suffering. I've studied a little bit about suffering when I suffered. And you know what? It's not all that bad when you come out of it. I don't like to watch people suffer. That does, oh, shut the TV off. I don't want to watch it. It's hard to see. Don't want to walk through a tin pan alley, homeless shelter, whatever. But that's not even real suffering. Suffering's going on right now in Ukraine, like they can't, they just can't wrap their heads around it. They're disheveled. Madman with no purpose other than to be evil. Faith comes from witnessing miracles. Faith comes from signs and wonders. Faith comes out of phenomena, seeing angels. That's a phenomenon. Look, you're promised nine manifestations. You're promised that you can speak in tongues, tongues with interpretation and prophecy. You're promised you can work discerning of spirits, wisdom and knowledge, faith, you know, faith, miracles and healing. Those nine manifestations, those are promises. Anything outside of that is a phenomenon. Like say, the day of Pentecost, when they all understood their language, in their language, them praising God and speaking the wonderful works of God in their own language. That was a phenomenon. That's not what it's for. Some people think, oh, it's for going out to missionary field. Faith is what's left when all fear is absent. That's a good one. I wrote that down. Faith comes from hearing the word and is the confirmation of the word. Faith is trust. Believing is mentally. Faith is transferred to and from the heart. Faith is most powerful in the collective mind. Look at that collective mind did in the first century movement. We're going to do it again. We are doing it again. The truth brings about their collective mind. The one mind is Christ consciousness. I have a chapter in my book called Christ Consciousness versus Sin Consciousness. Why would you want, oh, let's say, ah, I want to be sin conscious. <laughs> Who would choose that? Why wouldn't you want to be Christ conscious? All the time, 24-7. Christ consciousness versus sin consciousness. That's a uh, audible chapter, by the way, too, if I'm not mistaken. So believing is mental, faith is spiritual, because it's a gift from God, and it's the faith of Jesus Christ. The one mind is Christ consciousness. This creates a singleness of mind and heart, and this power is unstoppable. 
it scares the but Joseph out of governments. When one Christian, and I'm talking about true Christians who believe in Jesus Christ, the Son of God, when they start taking off on a movement and it starts rolling and building, the government doesn't like that. They don't like that kind of power loose without their understanding. This creates, okay, faith is laser-focused, the singleness of purpose in the mind's eye. If thine eye be single, faith is that laser-focused. It really is. If you can balance rocks, you can walk on water. <laughs> you ever seen the rock? I call him the rock whisperer. He sits there in the water and the rivers and gets and then he'll sit there and you look next thing you know he's balanced two or three rocks next thing you know he's balanced five ten rocks and they're just standing there nothing moves them it's an amazing he's got some amazing videos he'll come out to your uh, seminar or to any of your functions I've been thinking of inviting him here for a retreat some summer we have If you can balance rocks, okay, it is easier to say, is it easier to say unto this mountain, be thou removed and bring it to pass or walk on water? That's just a little bit of the faith diary. And then explains the difference between affirmations and intentions. And what this does it has a pathway. It's called the Law of Attraction Roadmap. I'm not promoting it. I have benefited from it immensely. Laid out, it helps you lay out a map for your believing and your faith. Number one, awareness and self-discovery. Feel good, get a positive state. Number two, make a mission statement or a vision statement. Three, set big goals. And there's little things along the side here. A mind map. Create harmony in all levels. Number four, create vision board. It's life statement. I've been doing that all my, all my life, no, but all my conscious life when I became conscious. Make a clear strategy. These are all good business things, too. Find mentors. Oh, yes. Find mentors. Find a mentor fellowship. Mentor with people. Bob now with billionaires. What are they doing to get that money? Number six, take action, monthly action plan, daily action plan. Number seven, feel good and manifest fast. Have daily goals, daily good habits. Reward yourself. Declutter. Organize your office space and your house and your living area will declutter your mind. If I lost something, I immediately start backtracking. I start organizing that room. <laughs> and I organize it, and I clean it up, put it back to where, lo, and behold, that thing turns up. It will clear your mind. If your mind is bogged down, look around you. Look around that office. So this is the Law of Attraction Planner, and then it has uh, some other good information in it. What I like about it is, and I'll be signing off here shortly, 
deep our ears and go about your day. When your emotional level and you're, lo and you're attracting and manifesting into your life the things, people, places, and things that are part of your highest destiny path, that's the goal. By setting your intention, either in prayer or meditation. Passion, enthusiasm, positive expectation. Those are the top four that create like a vortex of energy that will attract that into your life. There are some people who go work hard and will go out of their way to find something to do to try and get and manifest that is what they want. And when you can really just do it with your mind, your heart, and setting intentions, using the principles and the keys in the word. Jesus Christ taught them a lot about believing. If you had the faith of a mustard seed, all those parables. Then it tells you what to do if you get out of whack. But he talks about enthusiasm. Let's look at that one. That's the second level. Passion, happy, optimism. I love my life. I live in joy and peace. Money comes to me easily and effortlessly. This is affirmation. Every day and every way, I feel more joy and peace. Every day and every way, I feel more healthy, rich, successful, and loved. So you can go down his list, and they're in different colors. It's really well done. But when you get down in the blame, angry, depressed. I have never really suffered depression in my life. I, I just can't believe that I, I, I just don't see a point period in my life where I do. But there are people who do, and it's a dark hole, I understand. But we are here, we as ambassadors for God, to deliver people from these silly words that don't belong in our life. Depression, anxiety, blame, guilt, judgment, perfectionism, all of that stuff. What's that other one? Procrastination. Why do we procrastinate? Because we want to do it perfect. <laughs> it's kind of a catch-22. Well, I'm keeping my fellow Bollywood people from getting out in there in the work area, in the workspace. We were up to over a... I won't say, but we had a record audience tonight. Broke another record, didn't we, Robbie? Bless you all. I could not get in my Facebook chat book tonight. Chat book. Chat room. But hello. Tea party. I love you all. I, I, I just thank God for you all because you are giving life. You are the children of light. And wherever you go, you are spreading light. You're ambassadors for Christ. So act like it. Don't be guilt conscious, fear conscious. Don't let that fear and worry overtake you. Jesus said, why give one thought to worrying about tomorrow when there's enough problems today? And I'll leave you with that. Thank you one and all for signing off with in you and without you again. <laughs>